0: Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host Louise Sullison. and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend, who everyone knows I will gobble with until I wobble with, the mixtress DC Gina.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I just had a really interesting idea of like us like going. Whoa, whoa, and, uh, I'm terrible. Can you make a turkey call? No. <laughs> I, I, I tried. I've tried to like do that gobble thing
0: before yeah. after a couple of pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'd I need more cocktail to yeah, get me there. Yeah,
1: even, even the attempt? Yeah, yeah, no. I didn't think people would want to hear you do it. <laughs>
0: I'll practice and come back to you.
1: All right. By <laughs> so the end of this episode, we're going to work that in. So between now and uh, Thanksgiving, you got big plans. Are you just going to work on your gobbling? I'm going to definitely work on my gobbling. Uh, it's our biggest time of the year. We do a lot of, like, um, events, catering. P- holiday parties are coming up. Oh, that. So this is, like, work, 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 work. Just your insanity space. Yes, yes. I don't know. Well, what I it get is. get it. But you know what? I love Thanksgiving. It's Me one too. It's my favorite um, holidays. It's time for, like friends and it's not about religion or anything like you believe gratitude yes friendship absolutely
0: yes so you just teed this up perfectly for me obviously thanksgiving thanksgiving has not always been a national holiday we know that right. um and we have one woman to thank for helping it come into fruition it's not today's guest though uh, <laughs> so she's back from the dead folks <laughs> No. And Her, here to tell you about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Her name was Sarah Josepha Hale. Okay, um, And she wasn't a politician. She wasn't a government official. She was actually a prominent writer and editor. And she's famous for writing something I know you know. I know you know this. It's Mary Had a Little Lamb. Oh, yeah. yeah. She wrote that. Um, and she would go off to be an editor for, I, I guess it's Gaudi's, um, Lady's Book, which my little research told me it was like the 1800s version of Good Housekeeping, basically. Okay. Um, and with every issue she she'd she would not let it go. She was advocating for a national Thanksgiving holiday um, articles, editorial stories, all of those things, because she wanted to praise the virtues of gratitude and unity. So um, she would write... Letter after letter, these heartfelt letters to presidents, asking, basically begging them, to support her cause for making Thanksgiving a national holiday. President after president received her passionate pleas. Um, And in 1863, in the midst of the Civil War, Sarah wrote a letter to good old Honest Abe. because she believed that, again, that National Day of Thanksgiving would not only serve as a unifying force, which obviously was much needed during that divided time, um, but also would be a symbol of gratitude for blessings of freedom. So Lincoln was so moved by her words, on October 3rd, 1863, he issued a proclamation declaring that last Thursday in November would be a day of of Thanksgiving. So he made um, Sarah's dreams a reality, a little bit of tenacity, I would say, she had. Well,
1: that's really amazing. Um,
0: And at the dismay of many turkeys, though.
1: At the dismay of a turkey, yes. That's kind of amazing and very different from the story of... um, last uh, year of how Thanksgiving became
0: yes Um, so it was a uh, the good side of Thanksgiving let's say Um, so as we are giving thanks for all of our blessings this Thanksgiving holiday um, many of us um, will be moved by the spirit of the season and hopefully we are and give back to our communities and this brings me to today's designated drinker um, because she is here from Food and Friends. So with no further ado, please welcome to the show the director of volunteer services of Food and Friends, Katrina Mathis. Welcome to the show, Katrina.
1: Thank you for having me. Hi, Katrina.
2: Hi. It's good to see you. It's good to be here.
0: So you yes. are not Sarah Josepha Hale, right? As far as I know.
2: I'm <laughs> not. Oh, no, that I'm was not. funny, right? Back <laughs> in the day. No, I'm not. I am not Sarah Yeah. Yeah. But but, but I love Thanksgiving all the same.
0: Yeah. 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 It's one of my, I just love the fact that it's food, friends, family, it's just good times. Besides. It's a side.
2: You can you can get rid of that turkey <laughs> for a half. side city. I'm side city girl too. Yeah, I, I didn't really like Thanksgiving though until I started working at Food and Friends. I yeah, was, yeah, I was not a big Thanksgiving person.
0: So let's um, let's start it off this way. Let's kick it off right. Please tell our listeners um, just a little bit about Food and Friends so they can understand. So,
2: Food and Friends. What we do, and we do I believe really well, is we prepare and we deliver medically tailored meals to people battling chronic illnesses throughout the DMV. We serve the 5,300 square miles of the DMV and we were started back in 1988 at the height of the HIV and AIDS epidemic Mm -hmm. when people suffering from HIV and AIDS were really pushed to the margins of society. And so a group of volunteers came together. This concerned community of volunteers came together. They used the basement, um, the kitchen in a church's basement. It was Westminster Presbyterian Church in Southwest DC. They prepared meals. They delivered those meals. And Food and Friends was started that way. And since that time, we still have our HIV and AIDS uh, um, client base, but we've expanded to include people battling poorly controlled diabetes, heart disease, renal disease, cancer, and a host of other life-challenging illnesses. We believe that food is medicine, anyone can get sick, and everyone can help.
0: Oh,
1: that's lovely.
2: Yeah, no, that's it's a great, great place, it's a magical place.
1: That's awesome. I got to, um, my, my good friends have worked in, African uh, friends for a long time, and I remember when they, when they moved from the church basement, I was not living in D.C. at that point, and then my girlfriend was working there, and then had moved to the Southwest uh, yes. facility, um, it was by Ziegfeld. Remember? Was by the, yeah, I wasn't You're, around okay, that. Okay. I was in Atlanta. So my girlfriend worked there, and with Thanksgiving we would we refused to go home to our parents' houses in like New York, New England, where everyone's from, and we would go in the mornings to pack meals. Well, actually, overnight at that time it was they did a little overnight shift, and then they would pack and deliver. And none of us were allowed to drive cars because we we're animals, and we were <laughs> crashing everything. So we packed meals and. It is. There's something to be said about that morning to do good for somebody else, and then when you like go to have like your own meal, you feel good. I agree. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. my voice just cracked. <laughs> it is. It's really lovely. My my girlfriend Megan worked for the, for um for, the friends for a very long time. So. Wow.
2: No, it's that's a cool memory, and it is. It oh, we get to do it every day. You know, I mean, Thanksgiving is our Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. We have like. Everybody coming out and we're delivering like more than four thousand meals to like eight hundred clients. But we get to do this every day. So every morning when I walk in and you smell this food and you see people coming in as early as six AM, people staying as late as eight PM just to help other people. It's it's huge. And I never lose sight of why I'm there. You know, um, I'm always happy. I met this guy one time who said, I can tell you like your job. And I said, how's that? He said, you never talk about it. And I said, really? He said, you notice most people when they talk about their jobs, they're complaining. He said, you never talk about your job unless you're selling pies. And we do that for Thanksgiving. I'll talk about that. (laughs) Very loaded lead in,
0: I'm telling you that.
1: You're walking out with five pies. Let's right? just, 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 just be honest. And would be sending them to people, you can pie gram them. <laughs> I mean, you know. So it's great.
0: How did this all start for you? You obviously just didn't start in food and friends. Where where
2: did this where did this all start for you? That's a really great question. I definitely was raised with an ethic of service. And most of that was just in the community and at church, just watching my parents and the different things they did. But for me, it started really in the 10th grade. I was in a civics class in high school and we were reading something about the Peace Corps. And I was so taken with the Peace Corps. I asked all the questions. I remember I just kept putting my hand up and I asked uh, if they went to Africa. And I said, in class, I made the declaration, I'm going to Africa to help people. I'm going to Africa to help people. And then that that evening, I had a dance class, and I went to my dance teacher, and I told her the same thing. And um, my senior year at University of Georgia, I had totally forgotten about all those declarations I'd made, Um, our campus paper. Uh, I was walking past the campus paper, The Red and Black, and it had some uh, an article about Peace Corps and being really hard to get into. And I said, that's what I said I was gonna do. And so I went and I applied a year to the date that I graduated. I was in Senegal, uh, West Africa doing training. And then three months later, I was in Guinea, West Africa where I served for 27 months. And it was awesome. Wow. So that was... a um, It was a French country. It was an Islamic country. It was a polygamous country. It was everything that I wasn't. Uh, It was a great cross-cultural experience, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And so that really opened me up to community and having an expanded worldview and seeing the world beyond myself and just how far support and aid and help can go. Uh, because I did a lot. I, well, I won't say I did a lot. I built a primary school. I... uh, uh yeah, I, <laughs> I built a primary school. I, I did uh, that today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did that before breakfast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but you know, what was really interesting was, I have to say, the community I lived in, they did so much more for me. Like, I was 22 years old, and you know, that's when you think you know everything. Oh, you're 20-nothing. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I knew everything. <laughs> and... Uh, They did so much more for me than I did for them. They really, really did. Um, And this was long before, you know, I remember when I came home in 1996, and the internet had started. Yeah. And it was all that, WWW what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and the dial-up. yeah, I remember, yeah, going home to my parents' house and connecting the cords to do the dial-up. Yeah. And I remember my dad coming in the dining room and saying, how much is this going to cost me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah it was, Don't it was, stay it was on to too long. I know, right? It was, and I kept saying, it's not going to cost you anything. Now it was way cool. And I'm so glad I had that experience. But that's what started it. And then I came home. I uh, recruited for the Peace Corps, and um, that was my first federal job. I said in the Peace Corps I would never work for the federal government, (laughs) and I did. I worked for the federal government, if you include my Peace Corps time, probably about 22 years. And, um, And then I went on to oversee recruitment for an AmeriCorps program, and then when that ended, I came to Food and Friends, and I would say the thread of my career really has been service. You know, it has been public service, it has been giving back, it has been working with uh, different communities, and it has been very rewarding.
1: That's amazing.
2: Yeah. I Damn. was like
1: staring at you like, I know. yes. <laughs> you know, I want to be her.
2: You saw. Yeah. yeah, I want to be her.
0: See, now you can see why Sarah Joseph Hale made sense. Pure tenacity. Yes. Just
1: yes. wheeling
2: it into existence. That's amazing. That is a big declaration of your child. Like, I'm gonna go to the Peace Corps. Oh, and my mom ran into that dance teacher while I was in the Peace Corps. She ran into her and she asked, she said, where's Katrina? And she said, oh, she's in the Peace Corps. And she said, I remember when she told me she was going. That, that evening that when I saw her and I made that declaration, I was so serious. I was an intense child. <laughs> I was a very intense child. <laughs> You're it's like all oh, right, Jack. She... Boom! I'm gonna do that,
0: Jack. Thank you. It's so. funny how she put that in past tense. I was intense. I, I you was
2: gonna say that too. I said, no, okay, you can see, I'm still intense. <laughs> I'm
0: still intense. I am it's that passion it's
2: contagious it's wonderful yeah Yeah, you gotta put it out there you gotta give it
1: to other people also motivate them to do better right yeah Yeah. I think your point about living
0: abroad and seeing beyond yourself is I wish more people I wish more Americans did that we are guilty of not doing it And, and you know there's a unfortunately a huge divide between haves and have nots and can see how that can be a challenge. But it does broaden you so totally. much when you travel other places and live amongst other people and see things from a different point of view. Now yours was even greater than mine uh, by a lot, but that, it's just eye opening.
2: I haven't been home from, I went to Paris and Barcelona. I haven't been home a week. Yeah. No, I've been home a week today. And I was in Paris and I was in a grocery store and there was a little mouse that came from underneath one of the shelves, And I am the lone person in the grocery store shouting, <laughs> you know, I'm telling everybody there's a mouse. And nobody is, you know, nobody's listening to me. Nobody cares. And so I get to the cashier and I was like, there's a mouse here. And she's like, you must be American. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed because I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I should have gotten it when no one cared. Yeah. They were just like, it's a dirty river down there. Yeah, yeah. Where and just, of course exactly, there is. Of course That's exactly, they were like,
1: it's a mouse. Paris is the third century. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're cool with this. You don't even have a city old enough to have a mouse. You have rats though. Yeah. Exactly. It was funny.
0: It <laughs> was very funny. That's great. Barcelona I mean, Barcelona's my favorite city. We talked about oh that. God, I just love right. Barcelona. Barcelona
2: was lovely. Yeah. I yeah, just, it I was could, lovely.
0: I told Dave when the last time I came back, I'm like, okay, I'm coming back, picking up the dogs. You meet me back here when you get here, okay?
2: <laughs> that's a lovely city, the yeah. Ramblas. Yeah. I, I walk through there every day. Yeah, That's where I stayed last. I uh, love that you speak French. Did you learn that in Africa? I, I did. Well, I studied it in high school, but you know, I don't know what uh, foreign language classes are like today, but we learned how to conjugate verbs. We yeah. didn't learn to be conversant in the language. And so thank God for Peace Corps training. And then thank God for being in a village where no one spoke anything but French. They either spoke French or a local language. There was no English. Yeah. And so I, was, I had to learn that. And I worked in the language every day. I worked in a health center and the doctor had me filling out people's Uh, their health cards and writing malaria and they got this and and he would literally have to sit there and it was painstaking and he would just say (laughs) he would actually have to spell out like I was so terrible when I got there so terrible (laughs) and it took me about a year and I remember it's like at the year mark people were just coming up to me saying your French is so good and there were so many people that did it one day I said well what what was I saying before? And they said, we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We have no idea. Oh God, it was hilarious.
0: (laughs) Again, the tenacity to get in there and just do it, and do it until you, and fail until you you succeed. Yeah,
2: no choice, yeah. You know, you gotta gotta be like a baby. It is very intimidating you know we'd have to go out and go to the market and they would give us assignments like you okay you have to ask for this ask you know and embarrassed yeah you know because you sound we feel like you sound like an idiot yeah you know yeah. and um you just have to keep doing it
0: yeah that's my that's i'm not good at language i'm terrible and i better learn how to speak spanish soon Eek. <laughs> but, yeah so um
1: gina what do you think about doing a little You think it's time to do a little tip and trick? Yeah sure, we're gonna do a little, yeah we're gonna do a um, a little education
0: actually. All right, right. oh let's get smart. Yes, you know that's a good show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
1: see this in your grocery store. Intimidated? Probably. Do you know what it is? Maybe not, right? But when you know what this is, it is a thing called golden berries. You might have heard of Gooseberries, or you maybe you saw Willy Wonka, and you were like, "Schnozberries tastes like Schnozberries." Well, gooseberries taste like gooseberries, and they are a very cool little berry. They look like cherries. Sometimes they're called ground cherries. Um, they're seedy, crazy seedy on the inside. They're part of the nightshade family. Shocking. They look like a tomato, right? Well they are tangy and sweet and delicious and they can elevate any sort of meal. They are a gift from Peru. They come to us from Chile, Peru. They're native to the area. And they actually grow in almost what it looks like a tomatilla husk. Um, and when you see them, they might be almost look like little lanterns growing. And you might even have a version of ground cherry found wildly to the native um, to North America if you're here. Um. It's pretty cool, don't eat them, they're poisonous. So you really have to make sure that you actually have the right thing. So if you see them anywhere in your farmer's market, you have Cape Cape gooseberries or um, Peruvian ground cherry, you know, these are all the same name, but I love them. So what can you do with these things? Well, you can mash them, you can mash them straight into a drink, you can steep them into a simple syrup, which I did, and you treat them much like you would um, cranberries right, how you do like cranberry sauce. So all I did was take um, sugar, one cup of sugar, one cup of water, and then my um, my ground cherries, and I literally put them in there, and I let them pop, and then they release their little seeds, which you can see how they release the seeds. And you just don't want those in your teeth, right? Like we've all seen Pretty Woman, I've talked about it before. You're gonna strain it off, and you're gonna have a nice little golden syrup. And this golden syrup is an amazing elixir for teas um you know making cocktails adding it to pairs and elevating really any kind of um drink and i really like it and also they're a really super healthy snack so snack on and let's get the season going ground berries
0: so like i yes, ask you are course. there air berries there there are um, brown <laughs>
1: berries ground cherries um oh, sometimes tears. i call them gooseberries <laughs> They have a million names, but they are the gift that Peru has given us along with potatoes, potatoes from the world and, and tomatoes, we learned, right? Didn't we learn yeah, tomatoes yeah, came from Peru? Yeah. So really, you know, the whole civilization's coming from one spot. Or Maybe that's the there. cornucopia.
0: You like that? It seems mm. right for the season. <clears throat> it really is. Use the word really cornucopia. Is. When do you, use, do you use that word other than Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge <laughs> of the day. Work cornucopia into your next conversation. <laughs> gosh all right so where are they going to go to get this cornucopia of cocktail brilliance
1: um you're going to go to designated drinker. Show, and you'll have um recipes of how to make the syrup and then you can of course watch me on um instagram at designated drinker and i am encouraging you please dm i want to hear more questions she would like a cornucopia of conversations. I do. Today. I will answer the questions. I answer the questions. So throw it
0: out there, please. So if you didn't catch any of that, don't worry. Um, you can scroll down into our um, episode notes. We'll have hot links, of course, to how to get to uh, Designate Drinker because we have six seasons, six seasons of Gina's amazing cocktails. It's a how, how many episodes so far? And what? Oh, we're way up there. We're way past the 275 point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Nick's not here. He's the one who keeps numbers. It's I'm just a pretty face here, Gina. That nuts? Yeah, it is nuts. So again, what we're also going to, in those notes, uh, we'll make sure that you have links to Food and Friends because
1: we've got a lot more that I'm sure people want to know. Of course they do.
0: It's time, yes. it's time and if to you give. don't listen to
1: the second episode, there'll be a link on how to give support and buy pies. Yes. Well, no, let's 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 do this. Tell us just a little bit about this
0: pie
2: scenario you want us to know and we'll, about, and we'll get
1: more involved after.
2: Okay. So, as a prelude to Thanksgiving. We sell gourmet pies, because what is Thanksgiving without a pie, right? So this is our 18th annual Slice of Life. That's what we call it, and you can just go to sliceoflifedc.org. That's where you can actually buy the pies. We have pie teams. We have teams who sell pies, and then, of course, we have people who buy pies. So we have uh, a host of people. We even have corporate groups who you know, uh, create their own teams, and then we all compete. Let me tell you how competitive this is. (laughs) It is very competitive, so we compete as a staff. And it's all in great fun, because what I didn't mention is that everything that we do for our clients, we do free of charge. So Food and Friends has to raise its own dollars. So we get grants from Maryland, DC, and Virginia, we get corporate dollars, foundation dollars, and we have individual donors, but we have two signature fundraisers a year, And one of them is slice of life. And so we sell these pies and the cost of one pie covers the cost of medically tailored meals for a client for one day. That's amazing. So I always say, you do something sweet, you get something sweet. And I tell, I'm from Atlanta and we do not ship pies. We are a nonprofit, okay? We don't ship pies. So my friends in Atlanta give donations. And those donations go a long way. They help us to do what we do. But on Thanksgiving Day, we will be delivering 4,000-some-odd meals to about 800 clients so that they can have their own Thanksgiving. We're going to put pies in there, yeah. you know, because we want them to have a turkey with all the sides, like you talked Mm -hmm. about. We want them to be able to invite their family and friends over. So that's 1,600 pies that we are providing to our clients. You can donate one of those. You don't have to. You know, You know when you're trying to sell something, and they'll say, oh, well, I won't be here for Thanksgiving. Okay, well, you can just make a donation. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love her. <laughs> like, oh, my God. How much was your
1: birds? right? right, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's a $30 pie. Come on, really? So, um, no. But seriously, uh, the only other plug I have to say is it's very competitive. One year. I raised $12,000 and I came in third. Wow. Okay, it is very competitive. And, and I love the way that people really get into the spirit of it because this money goes just to further our mission. Yeah. I We don't get anything. All I ever get is bragging rights. Yes. But yes. I like to brag, so <laughs> this is what you have to do. When you go to sliceoflifedc.org, it's gonna ask you if you wanna buy a pie. And you say, yes, I wanna buy a pie. And they say, who do you wanna buy a pie from? Katrina, like the hurricane. Remember that. <laughs> Katrina Mathis, you go to me, you buy a pie from me, and then everything's Gucci. There you go. Yeah, there you there go. we go. So, again, all those links will
0: be in our notes. If you didn't catch it, don't worry. You're going to have a hot link right in the notes and make sure that Katrina comes out on top. Hey. Yes. Yes, you know. like the alamode on that
1: pie.
2: I love that. Uh, That
1: was good. uh, (laughs) Oh, God. You've been thinking about
2: that all (laughs) day. Well, just so you all know, the pies are really good. They really are. Are you familiar with If you shop at Yes Organic or Whisk, and not Whisk, Whole Foods, you know the company Whisk. The cookies. They make the pies. So it's a woman-owned business. It's local. Uh, We do pecan, sweet potato, apple, pumpkin, and then there's a chocolate sea salt pie. And um, all the pies are really good. That's a newer one. It is. It is a newer one. And that one's slightly more expensive. You know, so if you really, really, just really want to show your Thanksgiving spirit, you buy that one. Yeah. (laughs) Or you just like chocolate and salt because it's a really good pie. My favorite is the pecan. Oh, that sounds good. It's a really, really good one. The pumpkin, all the pies are good. I'm not an apple pie person. Um, so I hear it's good, but I don't mix fruit and food. So I don't do any cobblers, pie, apple pies, stuff like that. I just that the textures <laughs> don't work for me. So I don't do it. So apple no pie. cherries on your Sundays? No. Oh my God. My mom said when I was a little girl, she made banana pudding, and I went to her and I said, Can you make this without the bananas? Like the vanilla
1: wafer banana
2: pudding? Yeah, thing? Exactly. And yes. she said, then it wouldn't be banana pudding. And I said, Well, I don't like this. So I was a kid, I didn't like the the I don't like cooked fruit. Oh. Yeah, so uh, when I figured that out, it just solved a myriad of problems for me. I was just like, oh, well, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like cooked fruit. So I I don't eat the apple pie, but the apple pie is good. I just don't do apple pie. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Terrified to make her a cocktail.
0: (laughs) All right. This is going to bring us to the end of part one. So you get to like muster up a little strength before you're going to make that cocktail. I do. I'm going to have to
1: like, uh, mainline some
0: caffeine, I think. There you go. So again, it uh, brings us to the end of part one. Designate Drinker with Director of Volunteer Services of Food and Friends, Katrina Mathis. But if you're anything like me, Gina, or Katrina. Um, Oh, that rhymes. (laughs) You know that one round is just never enough, so go top off that cocktail, but don't put cherries on it because Katrina won't drink it. And then get ready for part two of this episode as we continue our fruitless boozy banter. Uh, (laughs) Gina's going to make us a delicious Thanksgiving-worthy cocktail that just might make you gobble, too.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank
0: you. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.